Leo used his shirt to dry himself, put his shorts back on over his sodden underwear, and forced his damp feet into his socks and shoes. He balled up his shirt and carried it as he ran up the path as fast as he could. The climb warmed his chilled skin, and by the time he reached the house up on the cliffs, he was out of breath and sweating again. He went through the back door that opened directly into the kitchen and stopped abruptly at the sight of a strange man rummaging through the fridge. Leo's heart pounded as adrenaline pumped through him. Edwin had never locked the door as long as Leo had known him. He'd always laughed at Leo's parents for their city-induced paranoia and fondness for deadbolts and burglar alarms. Who the hell are you? Leo snapped, muscles tense and wary. The man was big, bigger than Leo, but Leo could handle himself if he needed to. The man jumped visibly and turned with his hands held up as though threatened by an invisible gun. He held his palms open and loose. It's okay, he said. You must be Leo. Edwin told me you were coming. I repeat my previous question. Who the bloody hell are you and why are you in my uncle's kitchen at six o'clock in the morning? I run out of milk. Edwin won't mind. I'll replace it later when I go to the shop. The man ran one hand through his hair, then let his hands drop. Leo raised an eyebrow. Oh, yes, sorry, I'm Triss. I live in the old stable cottage. Leo finally relaxed, but he still frowned. Did Edwin have it done up to rent out then? It was a dump. I'm working on it, Triss explained. I needed somewhere to move in a hurry, so Edwin let me use it. Leo wondered how Triss knew his uncle, but he didn't think it was his place to pry any more. Fair enough. Thirsty from running, he fetched a glass and went to the sink to fill it. He gulped it down and then refilled it. When he turned to look at Triss again, he found him watching him. Triss's gaze flickered briefly over Leo's bare chest before he flushed and turned back to the fridge, but not before Leo registered the interest in his eyes. He assessed Triss in return. He looked as if he was younger than Leo, maybe in his early thirties. Tall and broad, with a nice-looking ass in worn jeans, he was definitely attractive. But Leo was here to visit his terminally ill uncle, not to pick up handsome strangers. He quickly pushed down any thoughts of that. Triss straightened up again with a carton of milk in one hand and closed the fridge door with the other. It's good that you're here, he said. He told me you were coming. He often talks about you. Are you staying long? I'm not sure. His voice sounded unnatural, tight and strained, but hopefully it wasn't obvious to Triss. But anyway, I need to shower now, so... Okay, well, it was good to meet you, Leo. Triss stepped forward, offering his hand. Leo took it automatically. I expect I'll see you around while you're here. I expect so. In the shower, Leo closed his eyes as the hot water sluiced the sea salt and sweat from his skin. He often talks about you. Triss's words replayed in Leo's head on a loop, and the shame settled into a heavy, uncomfortable weight in his gut. He was Edwin's only relative, except for Edwin's sister Emily, Leo's mother, but she'd been living in Australia for nearly ten years with her second husband, Neville. Leo had honestly intended to visit more. He loved Cornwall, and when he was a boy he'd been close to Edwin. But as Leo had grown up and stopped going to stay for the summer holidays, inevitably their relationship had drifted. They'd seen each other at the occasional family gathering over the years, but since Tilda's funeral, Leo's workload had increased exponentially. Cornwall was so far away from London that he'd only made the trip three times since Tilda died, and he hadn't been down for nearly two years. Edwin seemed to keep himself busy with a variety of hobbies ranging from bowls and bridge to walking and ballroom dancing, and Leo was able to convince himself that Edwin didn't need his nephew checking up on him.
Edwin's social life always sounded infinitely more thriving than Leo's. He was sitting at the table scraping the last bits of cereal out of his bowl when Edwin came in. He looked frailer by daylight. His skin was almost translucent where it stretched over the strong bones in his face. But his smile was just as Leo remembered it. Good morning, Leo. Did you sleep well? Not bad, thanks. You? Edwin narrowed his eyes. Liar. You still look knackered. No, not really. But that's nothing new for me. Old age has robbed me of my ability to sleep, despite being tired all the time. It's as though my brain knows the time is running out and it doesn't want to waste what's left. But I don't mind. I like to read at night. He went to switch the kettle on as he spoke. Tea? Tea?